to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Bullock. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Fulick. Welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fulick, and as always, we like to talk about things related to resilience, crisis management, well-being, COVID, disasters, anything that can help you, your organization, or your community prepare for, respond to, and overcome adverse situations. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please feel free. You can find me on LinkedIn. I am the only Alex Fulick there, so I'm really easy to find. And I do respond to everything I get. Today, we're going to be talking about media, especially talking with media during a crisis. Are they friend? Are they foe? And are we making them our foe or are we making them our friend? And I'd like to welcome today, Mark Harris. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you very much indeed, Alex. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Well, I'm I'm glad you accepted. <laughs> I liked what uh, you know the outline you had regarding a presentation you recently did, and I always find it interesting that uh, you know media can be a friend or foe depending on how we deal with it. And we're gonna we have some uh, things we're gonna talk about uh, today. Um, but before we do get started, could you take a, a minute or two and talk about yourself, what you do, and how you got into what you do? Indeed, no problems, Alex. Um... So I started off uh, my sort of life after uh, education, et cetera, with the British military. Um, so I did uh, 14 years uh, in the British Army and finished at the uh, rank of uh, major. Um, I then left and uh, went to the London School of Public Relations um, and then looked around at what I wanted to do uh, within you know, for my commercial uh, life. And a lot of the skills that we'd built up in the uh, army, uh, the skill set that we had, et cetera, sort of tended to point me towards crisis management. Um, and one of the elements that uh, we covered at the London School of Public Relations also was crisis communications. Uh, and so there was definitely a sort of skill set and indeed experience that I'd built up through my 14 years in the military, which was transferable to the commercial world. Uh, and so then I started off uh, my 25 years plus um, consulting on crisis management, issues management, and uh, crisis communications uh, thereafter. So uh, that's me in brief. And here you are now? Indeed. Here I am now. Yeah. Well, as I said in the introduction, we're going to be talking about uh, how to deal with the media uh, during a crisis and whether they we are making them a friend or a foe. But today's world is a little bit different. So the first question I wanted to ask you is, how are you defining media? these days. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the important thing I think is to, to look at look at the term media and understand that this is what we're trying to do is we're trying to affect mass communications uh, when we want to. Uh, and so, I mean, media has changed and crisis communications has changed on the back of that. Uh, when I started, obviously, you know, we had television, we had radio and we had printed uh, printed media. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was how people would get their message out. And then in 95, uh, CNN started. And so that then woke the other sort of uh, television channels certainly up to the idea of this requirement for a 24-hour news cycle. And so, again, you know, there is a change then in what we can do from the point of view of crisis management, crisis communications, because it is now this 24-hour news cycle, and then other developments then took place, such as uh, social media introducing itself sort of around about sort of 2000 thereabouts, and corporations, uh, communications team were looking at mainstream media from the point of view of, of, of communication, but also segmenting social media. Now, as we see with the developments of technology and also with citizen journalism, Essentially, they must be treated as the same. And so your crisis communications plan, which supports your crisis management uh, response, must be able to respond to all media through all platforms. 
in order to make sure you are getting your message out, depending on what the crisis is, because, you know, one of the things we may want to talk about a little bit, are you reactive in your communications or are you proactive in your communications? So let's say, so with crisis communications, supporting crisis management, there are two sort of maxims that I talk to clients about there. And the first one is essentially actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. And the second one is you can't talk yourself out of a situation that you have acted yourself into. So then when I try to explain where crisis communications and, 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 and the media come into this, it's from the point of view of you've got to fix the problem and then communicate about what, you know, what you're doing, how you're fixing it, etc. And an analogy I use to illustrate that is the idea of a crack in the dining room wall. So at the weekend, you get asked, you know, it's on your honey to-do list, you know, we need to repair that crack in the wall in the dining room. So you do a little bit of sanding, do a little bit of digging out of anything else that's there, then you fill, sand, and then either paint or paper. Now, three weeks later, five more cracks appear. Why? Because I've not actually fixed what is making those cracks in mm -hmm. the wall. So, and crisis communications people don't always love me for this analogy, but essentially we can paper over the cracks, which really doesn't help, or we can fix what's making those cracks and then fill and then sand and then paint or paper. So we've actually fixed the situation. I think, mm -hmm. you know, does, does, does that make sense? Yes. Uh, actually, I do have a question for you because you mentioned uh, the proactive versus reactive uh, approach. Um, would it be fair to say that at the initial outset of something, you really are reactive, but you have to become proactive right away because of the demands that are going to be put on the organization or the person, right? right. The community. That, that is a very, very valid point, Alex. And it comes about, I think, from this you know, development of uh, technology and also citizen journalism. And so you may well actually become aware of an issue with your product, with your service, or uh, whatever it is that you do for your clients, you may well become aware of an issue with it actually from social media mm -hmm. or from, you know, the media as a whole, which may well have been triggered by a post by someone. And we think back to, uh, you know, that uh, aeroplane um, landing on the Hudson flown by uh, Tom Hanks, or was that actually Scully? But anyway, <laughs> um, but, you know, so that within 12 seconds, I think there was a tweet about that and it was up and it was around. So, yes, you're going to have to be on the front foot right from the get-go, which comes back to preparedness. So the idea, then, is that you need to look at what could potentially impact your service delivery, your products, et cetera, and then prepare for a problem impacting that uh, service or those products so that you are ready from the get-go because you must fill that vacuum and you can't allow silences. Right. Now, it may well be that you have a holding statement. Yes, we are aware of an issue. We have our technical teams looking at that issue at this moment. And as soon as we have more, you know, we will then inform you. But if you don't fill that vacuum, there's going to be some idiot out there who's going to feed it for you. Yeah. And or then they end well up controlling be, your narrative, right? Correct. Or it may well be if a regulatory authority is involved, and they don't have the confidence that, one, you are responding correctly to fix the issue, and two, that you're not communicating, they may well come in and take over from you. And there you've mm. totally lost your response. You've lost confidence. You've lost trust. So it's very important that you demonstrate that you are responding, that you're aware of something, and that more information will follow. With the, you mentioned different types of media now, uh, and your example, you know, when you were younger, you know, it was the TV and the newspaper, basically, you know, mostly the newspaper. Um, I kind of remember that, too. And you see still movies today with people you know, wearing their fedora and their little press card in the, uh, the brim. Um, does it take new skills or do you need more people now to deal with social media, um, the print media, you know, the, the journalists standing there? Um, it, it, there, when I started, it was you just had a spokesperson, but it yeah. seems it's a lot bigger than that now because of the various media. Yes, I mean, I, 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 
you are you are right in that. I mean, you will need to make sure you have the resources that that you need to respond. And again, coming back to the preparation side of life, you develop your plans, you look at your plans, you stress test those plans, you exercise them, and you identify gaps. So do we need more people? Do we need more people internally on this, or can we outsource various elements of it? Now, when we come back to spokespersons, I never, ever advocate that you outsource your spokesperson. You've got to be genuine. It's got to be someone from your organization, um, from that point of view. But yes, you may well have a monitoring team that is looking at social um, social media, uh, and that is that is outside of your organisation. You may well outsource that. But for genuous genuineness of message, and indeed making sure those messages are up to date, that really must be dealt with in house. So the formulation of those messages, sign off from legal, etc. And again, a lot of that can be done in preparation, in for one of a better phrase, peacetime, uh, so that you're ready. But Whatever you do do, don't sort of get a pre-prepared statement and then just send it out. Make sure it is pertinent to that issue that is facing you. And again, make sure legal has another quick check of it. Um, but don't necessarily let legal actually stop things uh, just, you know, because sometimes they can be quite hard on the break when it comes to crisis management. I was just going to ask you about that because it seems to be a 50-50 uh, from people I talk to. It's like, well, legal can come in and you look at things, but we won't let them. Uh, you know, change what we need to say our message. And another, the other side seems to say we won't do anything unless legal gives the thumbs up. Yeah, there, there is there is a joke in crisis management, which is, and I doubt I'll offend some lawyers here, but it's you know, when it comes to crisis management, make sure you have a lawyer on the bus, but don't let them drive. Um, <laughs> but it it is extremely important that you do have that legal opinion. Now, it may well be that your crisis management team takes on board that opinion, says, yes, I hear that opinion, but we have just had an explosion which has killed 10 of our own and five innocent bystanders. As a CEO or as the, as, as the head spokesperson, I am not going to go out there and I am not, not going to say sorry about this. Mm-hmm. So what is our best way of showing the fact that we are sorry about this? So as I said, so yeah, take the opinion and then craft your messages to make sure that you're taking that opinion on board, but also that you're demonstrating that you are sorry about something. It, it got me thinking of the uh, the phrase, do what's right. You know, Indeed. And, and don't let legal... And I'm not knocking lawyers out there, so please don't send me emails. <laughs> uh, I'm not knocking lawyers. Uh, no. But do Very what's right job. rather than what you might be afraid of further down the road. Yeah, and there's there's also another sort of test that I talk to clients about when we're out and about doing things, and that is, it's called I call it the breakfast test. Following a crisis and your response to that crisis, can you sit down with your family the following morning at breakfast time and look your family in the eyes and be satisfied that you have done the right thing. Mm. Is, that, is that kind of also having a little bit of uh, empathy, like putting yourself in the shoes of what an impacted family might be feeling? Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Very, very much looking at the em- empathy side of things as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. So who makes the best spokesperson then? Because you mentioned, uh, you know, the CEO uh, being a a spokesperson. Um, I know of organizations who have uh, an individual who who is assigned to speak with media if there's any media requests. But in a a real crisis or disaster, who should be sitting there? One or the other? Both? Someone else? Who should be the face of the organization? I always advocate uh, keeping the CEO in reserve for two events one which is you know this is incredibly serious or hopefully you know this has happened but it's been rectified and i'm here as a ceo to say this is what we've done etc etc and you know we're now good to go other people you know so that is the ceo i would hold the ceo in reserve so you are looking probably for i would say you're looking for a senior executive 
you're looking for a senior executive and you're looking for sort of middle management as well, probably from the comms team. Most importantly, though, they need to be trained. Mm -hmm. You can't wing it in a crisis in a press conference because you'll be found, you know, you'll be found wanting. You'll be, you won't be, you won't be on, on point from that point of view. So they need to be trained and regularly trained and then rehearsed. And they need to be rehearsed specifically pertinent to the situation that is there. And they need to understand what those really tough, tough questions might be and mm-hmm. how they're then going to respond to those really tough questions. So that's one element of, of, of spokespersons. Now, depending on what the situation is, what you are responding to, you may well want to have someone who has technical knowledge of the fix that you're doing. So it turns out, yeah, no, that's a great question. Thank you for that. And now I'm going to turn around to Mike here, who is our head of IT, uh, who will talk you through what we're doing in conjunction with Microsoft to rectify this situation. Mm -hmm. So you've got someone technical there, or if it's a product, uh, you know, a food product, you have one of your quality assurance people in the the white coat, et cetera, and they talk through what they are doing from the point of view of making sure that product is safe for consumption. I think the last thing as well uh, from that point of view is every now and again, again, depending on what the situation is, you may well want third-party endorsement. So it may well be that there is someone in local government who understands what you do, likes what you do, and, 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 and has confidence in what you're doing. You may well want them either by themselves sort of doing a message and getting a statement out there. Uh, and of course, also make sure that you are in line with what law enforcement or regulatory authorities might be saying as well. So you're not, mm-hmm. you know, you are not uh, treading on their toes because that then starts to become a spat between you and law enforcement or you and the regulatory authorities, which again, the media will pick up on and then the media becomes foe rather than a friend. Right. On that note, we've come to the end of our first segment. We are talking with Mark Harris today about crisis management and the media friend or foe. I've got some questions for you about some of that training. So we'll be right back with segment two. Stay tuned. Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fulick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Not enough women are talking about money. Lisa Chastain is aiming to change that. If you are feeling uncertain with your financial decisions, join us on Real Money, Mondays at 10 a.m. on the Voice America Business Channel, where you will learn how to become more capable with your financial choices. Listen in and hear stories from other women on how they tackled their financial challenges. You will learn from leading industry experts all the tips, tricks, and advice that you need to establish financial confidence and freedom. Listen in Mondays on Real Money with Lisa Chastain. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back. We are talking with Mark Harris today about crisis and the media, making them a friend or a foe. Mark, lots of great information there in the first segment. Thank you very much. 
you were talking about training. So I had a question about that. Training uh, executives or middle management or whoever to speak with the media and how to respond to questions. Um, should there be another piece to that? Because I, I know we've we've seen some people who respond to media and they're sweating. You know, they've got different facial expressions. You know, they're saying one thing, but their face is saying something else. They've, you know, they're fidgety. You know, uh, how do you train for all of that? Because correct me if I'm wrong, you kind of need a good balance of both to be able to verbally communicate and visually. Yeah. No, I think it's very important that you, that the, the individual concerned is comfortable with what they're going to be doing. So that, I think, is one of the first things that you need to ascertain, prob- uh, ascertain probably even before you book the trainer and, you know, and, and lay off the budget. Because what you don't want is someone going in there and you're paying, you know, perhaps for a consultant to come in and train your selected five individuals to be your spokesperson on various subjects and then find that one of them is completely useless at it, which is not necessarily, you know, a a, 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 a comment against what they do in their, in their normal day, day-to-day job, but, you know, it, it is something that's not for them. Uh, and I think that is very, very important. You make sure you have the right people for, for the right thing. And we have that sort of throwaway remark here, you know, you've got a great face for radio, so uh, that's the problem. Um, are you talking about me? <laughs> it, was, it was said about me, but there we go. Um, so make sure that you have the right people. They're up for it. They're volunteering for it. And, and, and they are in the, in the right sort of uh, level of seniority. And they're in the right sort of rough sort of area. So operations, quality assurance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then bring in professionals. It's not something that you can do yourself, I would suggest. Uh, you can continue doing some of the rehearsals yourself and, 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 and do that and exercise people yourself, but it really does need a professional to come in. Uh, and that probably is someone who has been on the public relations side of life or the comms team side of life in, pre- in a previous life and also an ex-journalist. Hmm. Or it may well be an existing journalist who is, you know, who is adding, to their, adding to their income by, by going out and about. And it is then through the training, through picking up on... You know, do they um a lot? Do they err a lot? Um, that type of thing through to, yeah, they use their hands too much or they don't use their hands enough. Um, so, or they play with their uh, change. If people still have money these days. You know, they play with their change in their pocket or their keys. So you've got to go through all of that and, and then and really try and bring them on, but not to such a degree that they just become an automaton reading the message and then sort of, you know, any questions, no thanks, bye, you know, we'll see you tomorrow. So they've, they've got to be approachable. They've got to be, um, you know, using their face. Um, one of the interesting tips I remember when I was actually uh, helping a client, but we were going through an interpreter, was mm. as, you know, the question is being interpreted to you, you're nodding away. Well, does that mean you agree with that question which says you've done nothing? <laughs> or you know or actually well hold on a minute no no i'm not agreeing with the fact that we've done nothing because actually this is what we have done bang 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 so you've got to be quite careful about when you're nodding yes you're nodding to say to the person i understand what your question is but you're not nodding to the accusation that you've done nothing so it is those type of things that you've got to go through um and and and, and make sure that you iron out and people are aware of it and then as i said so Six months ago, I had three days worth of media training. Uh, we went through scenarios. We went through pretty difficult uh, interviews. We did a, a radio interview. We did a, a television interview. We did face-to-face interviews. So you're practicing all of that. But then again, it comes back to that point whereby I said, look, okay, that was six months ago, but now we've got an issue. This is the issue. This is what we know. This is what we're doing about it. These are the really tough questions. And then rehearse them in those before they go back out again uh, and, and talk on your behalf. You've got me thinking that that's uh, a lot of the uh, what the public or stakeholders, external parties are going to see. Is there a difference when you're in a crisis and how you communicate internally to your employees? Yeah, I mean, th- there isn't necessarily a difference in message. And it's very important that your messaging is consistent. 
Mm-hmm. Now, it may well be that you need to do some wordsmithing because the message that I'm putting out now uh, in a press conference to television and to journalists and to radio uh, journalists, etc., is is may well be a different different sort of set of words that I might want to use on my website, uh, that I might want to use in a printed uh, in in a, in, a, in a press statement. But the message has got to be consistent, and also it may well be going out on you know someone picks it up and puts it out on Twitter. How does it read on Twitter or you know uh, Instagram and these these um, platforms like that? So it is very important that you make sure you have consistency of message. But it may well be wordsmith to make sure it's applicable to the mm. platform that it's going out on from that point okay. of view. Yeah, I, I was wondering because uh, I know when you're speaking with the media, sometimes employees, if they don't agree with what's happening or they know something, they can either be a, a big champion or they can be you know, a, yeah. a really negative force. Oh, indeed. No, I think it's very important. And one of the things that I always advise clients on is making sure that they have two policies understood and reviewed regularly by employees. Number one is your, what is our media policy? Who is allowed to speak to the media? Uh, what happens if you are contacted by the media? What you should say to the media? And then where do you pass that approach to? So, yeah, mm-hmm. I was called by so-and-so because I'm on the sales team. They know something's up at the company. I can't comment on it because I'm a sales team manager. But what I can do is I can take the name of the individual, I can take what their questions are, and then I hand it on to my comms team, saying to the individual, yeah, no, i got your question, I've got your contact details, I'm now passing them to our comms team. Or it may well be that your policy is, as Mark Harris, the head of the sales team, I'm sorry, I I can't answer those questions. Uh, The best person for you to contact is uh, Miriam... um, here on this telephone number and this email address. So that's one thing. That's one policy that they need to be reminded of on a regular basis. The second one is the social media policy. What is your company or your organization's social media policy? Who can say what about the company, etc.? Oh, well, you know, I wasn't really uh, saying the company was bad. It's sorry, mm-hmm. it's just how it came out. It's how it was read, you know, it's out of context. Well, that's not good enough, I'm afraid. So your internal communications needs to pick up right at the get-go again. And that is, right, this is what's taken place. This is what we know at the moment. Uh, and this is what we're going to do to fix it. Uh, again, we would remind you of our media policy and our social media policy. Any questions, direct them to your team leader or your line manager. Does that? So, yep, that's perfect. That answered where, where, it was, uh, where it was going. Now, let's look at the friend or foe aspect. What kind of things make the media our friend? But, you know, and, and I'm just going to leave that in general. It could, it could be many things. What makes them there? How do we turn them into our foe? Right. Um, I think the, fir- the first thing with regards to being their friend, I mean, what you need to do is make sure that they have the information that you know um, so long as it's not something that is, that is going to be completely disastrous if it gets out. But if there has been an incident, so perhaps, okay, so one of our tankers has, has rolled over on a freeway. Uh, sadly, a car was involved and there have been some fatalities. So again, going back to the empathy, yes, we understand that this has taken place. Uh, it was one of our vehicles. We believe or we understand um, law enforcement have reported some fatalities. At this stage, we're gathering the facts, et cetera, but our thoughts are with those those involved in this incident and their loved ones. So we are communicating with the media. We're not leaving them hanging. It's when, you know, they are trying to get information. Uh, So we spoke to Acme Petroleum, uh, and Acme Petroleum didn't get back to us. We hear it a lot here in the United Kingdom at the moment. We tried to get a government minister to speak for us, but, you know, uh, they haven't returned our calls. So automatically now, you know, we are moving from friend, if they were a friend towards us, to foe. Because mm. it's this classic human thing. Well, if they're not talking to us, something strange is going on. Therefore, we need to start digging. Therefore, we need to get our researchers onto social media. What's going on in uh, in the Twitter sphere? What's going on here? 
and then start using that because we're getting nothing from the impacted organization. Mm -hmm. And that is then when you're on the back foot and you can never, ever really regain that, 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 that ground and you'll start to lose trust, goodwill and confidence in you as an organization. Uh, I, I liked what you said, you know, they, they start looking for something else if you're not going to give the, be direct with them and give them the information they need. How do you determine what information you should give them and what information you shouldn't give them? Because um, if there's information you don't give them, as you said, you could be creating them as a foe, but, but maybe there's information you can't divulge. So how do you yeah. manage that? Well, I think it, 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 it'll, it'll vary from what, what crisis you are responding to. So if I look back at things that I've uh, advised clients on. If you have a member of uh, staff kidnapped in Nigeria, you're going to really want to keep that really contained, both internally and externally. Mm -hmm. So if you get someone calling you up about, I understand that, uh, that uh, Bill Smith, uh, your country manager in uh, Nigeria has been kidnapped whilst he was visiting a rig in Warwick. Okay, I, I understand you know that, but from the point of view of us being uh, enabled to uh, ensure the safety of Bill Smith, we would request that you don't report it uh, because it could be prejudicial to the outcome. So, so it, it, it is along those lines. So you are looking, say, yes, right, we acknowledge something has happened. We're establishing the facts at the moment, but this really shouldn't be played out in the uh, public domain. If we then come back to our uh, tanker that's rolled over on the freeway, there is our logo on the side of that tanker, et cetera. So we can't start saying, well, you know, it hasn't happened or something like that. So it is. It does said it's dependent on on that situation that that, that confronts mm. you at the time. Now, if someone comes to you and says, "Right, well, I know for a fact because the highway uh, patrol has just told me that your driver was drunk," then, well, okay, so we don't have that information at the moment. Uh, that is totally contrary to our working practices. And we will be following up with the highway patrol with regard to that. And, and thank you for bringing that to our attention. So that is something whereby, you know, we are reacting to what, is, what has been out there. Now, if previously to that, someone said, well, you know, that's Bill and Bill's always been at the bottle. Well, number one, why was Bill at the bottle? Why was he driving a tanker, et cetera, et cetera? Well, you know, so you need to start fixing that right from the get-go. And if you did know about it, don't try and hide it from that point of view. Condemn mm. it, totally contrary to our working practice, etc. And we will find out why this was able to take place. In the meantime, we're doing everything we possibly can do to make sure that the you know those others uh, involved in this are being looked after at the moment. Uh, there's two words, and I, I really want to hear your response to this. When people, you still see it. When people are asked a question, they respond with two words: no comment. Does that make media a friend or a foe? Well, it makes an idiot of the individual who says it. Uh, <laughs> firstly, um, you, you can't have no comment. It may well be that you don't know the answer to that question. But this idea of no comment, it, it just people, it's, it's putting up a shutter. And one of the most important things is as an organization to maintain the intangible assets of trust, goodwill, confidence, which then lead on to your reputation and potential reputational damage. If you start obfuscating things and you're not transparent, then that will start to chip away at those intangible assets. So the idea that, uh, sorry, no comment, no comment, it, it, it just doesn't work. So but I'm sorry, I don't have that information at the moment. Uh, I will, you know, speak to people in the organizations and I'll find out and we'll get back to you with that information uh, as soon as we know what has taken place. But in the meantime, you know, this is what we are doing. It's kind of as, uh, like no comment seems sometimes when I see it is no comment. Why? What are you hiding? And that's exactly. the first thing that comes exactly. to my mind. Yeah, yeah, very much so.
Very much so. On that, we've come to the end of our second segment. We are talking with Mark Harris today about crisis and the media, friend or foe, and we will be right back. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Say It Skillfully is my radio show about being who you are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. I'll help you find the right words to tackle any challenging conversation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. You'll learn how to achieve success on your terms and be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in your life. Check out sayitskillfully.com for practical resources, including my 90-second videos, real-life examples showing you how to speak up skillfully. I invite you to call in with your questions. Join me live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. And no, I'm cheering for you. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back. Today we are talking with Mark Harris about uh, crisis management and the media, friend or foe. Mark, lots of great information uh, you've been uh, giving us today. I, I really appreciate it. Now, I've got a question for you. How it, it always seems to be sometimes and give and take love and hate relationship with the media. But there's sometimes I think we need media to to help us, you know, get a message out or, or do things for us. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? How do we get the media to actually help us? Right. I mean, I think it's a very, it's a very valid point. And I think certainly if we look at um, major disasters, uh, or something whereby there is going to be a major uh, safety uh, issue for members of the public. And going back to the meaning of media, you know, so mass communication, we need probably to get a message out very quickly about something. And TV, print, and um, and radio is is one is one of the platforms for media, and of course we've got the social media platforms as well. The, the you know the other stuff. So getting things out to them quickly. Now we need to be make sure that they know why we're doing this. Uh, so you you need to craft your message correctly. Uh, we're doing this because we're a responsible organisation. I mean, you don't use these words, but you know you use words to that effect to give the sentiment we're a responsible organisation. Safety is primary in what we do, uh, and therefore 
you know, we need people to be aware of the following. And I think if we look at back over, you know, on, on, on your side of the world with um, natural fires uh, and those type of things, it is sometimes, you know, law enforcement and the emergency services will need to get messages out. So you can see that there are police putting out messages on Twitter, on uh, their, uh, their websites, etc. But we still need to have television and radio on our side as well, because there will be 80-year-olds who don't necessarily uh, or are not tech um, mm -hmm. savvy, and so they won't be looking to that. So establishing the relationships in peacetime is always very important. So from the point of view of your industry, who are the people who comment on our industry? Let's have a meet the press lunch. Hi there, guys. How are you? Uh, come on in, have a sandwich, have a tour around, see what we're doing, what we're up to, so that you know, as Murphy laws dictate, at 11.59 on a Friday night, you can actually still get hold of Jonathan um, Harris and, you know, he is there and is prepared to take your message and use it and get it out there. So it is investing that time. It's a little bit like, you know, sending a Christmas card every year or, um, you know, an, another sort of, you know, once a year, sending something, well, say, okay, who's that from? Well, actually, no, you need regular contact so that when you do ask for that favour, they're happy to do it. Does that, does that sort of make sense from that point of view? Yeah. What if, now I know that's a lot of uh, pre-work, you know, as, as you put it, uh, you know, before a disaster happens, you know, how do you make them a friend during a disaster, if you haven't done any of that pre-work, you know, you haven't built any relationships, how do you keep well, them? I, I think what you have to do there is point, from the point of view of people's safety is, you know, it, this, this, you know, if this goes wrong, people could die. And I know that's very melodramatic, but what mm -hmm. you need to make sure is that they understand what the issue is and what the possible consequences of that issue are. So that they understand the gravity of the situation and impress on them uh, that that is the situation. Uh, we're not, you know, being stupid about this, and we really need that message to get out there. Is it so okay to? Uh, sorry, go ahead. Finish. No, 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 no. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, <clears throat> I was just wondering: is it okay to ask media? You know, I need your help um, with with uh, distributing this phone number or this website address or something like. That. Is it okay to ask media to help you do that? When it comes to people's safety, of course. Yes. Yeah. Okay, because uh, I, I was told a long time ago that if you can um, sometimes assign media an action item, you know, then they're actually involved and they're more willing to help you that way than, um, you know, look for all the bad stuff, so to speak. I'm not sure that necessarily follows. Um, if you've had one of your airplanes drop out of the sky, you will want to make sure the media have the uh, the helpline to call uh, so those concerned family members can call into uh, your organization to find out what is what is taking place. So, you know, they are not duty bound, they're not honor bound, but, you know, they will understand, you know, because it is part of that breaking news, breaking news, you know, uh, air um Air UK has had an aeroplane um, go missing over the sea. Air UK's number for relatives to contact is the following. Bang, bang, bang. And that hopefully then should come along sort of the, the, the ticker line uh, at the bottom of the screen as well on a, on, a, on a regular basis. As indeed, probably there will be some government uh, uh, hotlines to call as well from that point of view or, or someone else's hotline. Um, I don't think it necessarily makes them a friend of yours, but, you know, this is a public broadcasting service duty that they need to do. Um, and, you know, from that point of view, if for some reason you are totally blameless in that airplane falling out of the sky, then, you know, you, 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 you'll be all right with the media. And so long as you maintain your transparency with them and you answer the questions with the information that you have, and if there is information lacking, you say we're still gathering the facts, uh, and we'll get back to you. Some of that what keeps you... them on side, so to speak. Okay. If what if they're um, a foe? Is what you just said? How to you? Uh, I want to go back to something you said before. If you don't, if you're not on the right foot to start with, you end up on your back foot, and you're it, it's difficult to get forward again. How do you 
change, you know, they, they media has become a foe. How do you change them to a friend <clears throat> depending on the situation? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm losing my voice here. Uh, you know, how do you turn them from a foe to a friend then if you are on your back foot, because you said it is difficult to try and uh, get ahead of it again. So what kind of things can you do to reverse that? By upping your game, uh, potentially upping the frequency of contact with the individuals, making sure they have the information uh, as soon as you have it and have verified that information. I mean, it's got to stick to facts, not assumptions, um, and certainly no speculation. So as I said, so so you, you've basically got to up your game. Now, if you are getting some of them on side, but there are some still, you know, then you're going to have to assign uh, someone from your comms team to really invest some more time one-on-one with them and say, look, you know, this is what we're doing. This is what has taken place so far that we know of. Uh, this is what we're doing for the corrective action. Uh, you know, and just keep working with them from that point of view. Uh, and then make sure, again, that all of your messaging, I, ne- so I don't say never, never say never, but I, I think it's unwise for people to engage in spats on social media so use mm-hmm. your use your main channels if if there is something coming up which is a rumor or something squash that through your main statements and also perhaps allude to that we're aware that there you know some people are saying this, that actually is completely false uh, and is totally wrong um so you know you're making sure you're batting that right down uh, sort of whack-a-mole style and, you know, <laughs> and saying no but you're not engaging on a one-to-one spat because that thing spiral out of control and you may well look an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've seen some of those and you just, yeah. wow, you're so far off message. I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah. You know. So let's take the last little uh, bit of we, we have in the show and talk about some tips that organizations and leadership or crisis communication people or even business continuity people can take home with them you know, to improve their relationship with media what can what are some of the things they can look at now i think basically review uh your risks um review what could impact your operations uh from that point of view and review then your crisis management plan obviously and your responses to that but then how your crisis communications plan is going to support that Uh, and then look at that and one of the things that I find, you know, useful, um, obviously, I'd like, you know, clients to involve consultants every time. They don't have the budget for that. But if you have a competitor who has had uh, something impact against them, it is quite useful to say, right, okay, this Friday team, we're going to meet uh, in the meeting room. We're going to have some sandwiches, some uh, crisps, sorry, chips. Uh, and, <laughs> I know what you meant. Uh, I'm yeah, from and, England. <laughs> and, and some sodas. And we're going to look at what happened to ABC widgets because they do the same as us, but they came off bad on that uh, or they came off badly. Uh, how do we stack up against that? So very little sort of financial investment. Yes, some investment of time. Are we good to go or do we need to review what we've done? So I think that's a very useful exercise. If you yourself had a near miss, you know, wow. If we look at the scenario of how that could have panned out, if it had developed, again, how do we stand up to that? And then I think it is a case of, you know, preparation, then prove, then test and rehearse uh, from that point of view. And maintaining, you know, regular contact with those um, journalists who report on your industry uh, and, and, you know, and, and maintaining the relationship with them, I think, is probably very important as well. I like what you said about uh, taking a look at competitors and see what they went through, if they were successful or not, and looking inside your own organization saying, would we have fared as well? Would we have hmm. done worse? Would we be better? Where would yeah. we be? I, I guess that's also like doing it like a lessons learned, I guess it would kind of be. Yes. Um, but it would also be, a, in a way, a bit of a training exercise. Exactly that. No, no, you're quite correct. It, it, it is exactly that. But again, you know, do use consultants as well. Uh, have consultants when you're responding, uh, because that's very important. It demonstrates how seriously you're treating the issue. Uh, and also demonstrates internally how seriously you're, you're treating the issue. You know, we do have some guys here who are, who've come in to help our crisis management team get to get to this. But also on the training side as well, when it comes to litigation, Judge will be there. Did you know this was going to happen? Yes, we did. 
did you have a team to respond to it? Yes, we did. Did you have a plan? And did the team implement that plan? Yes, we did. And were they trained? Not only were they trained, but they were trained and rehearsed by the following consultants. If you can tick all four on that, it might not get you off the hook, but certainly it's going to mitigate anything that may well come your way from litigation, from the court of uh, public uh, opinion, and also from the court of investment as well. Mm -hmm. Well, we've only got uh, three minutes left. Do you have any final thoughts and any final uh, ideas you'd like to convey? I mean, I, th I think essentially it is, I think it goes back to those, those two sort of uh, maxims that I had at the start here, which, you know, I would like to repeat, and that is that, you know, actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. And secondly, you cannot talk your way out of something that you acted yourself into. And lastly, I think with citizen journalism, with technology, in the days of old, we used to have the phrase, you know, a lie can be halfway around the world before truth has even got its boots on. Mm -hmm. but with social media, a lie can be a hundred million times around the world before truth has even got its boots on. So be prepared. Well, thank you very much, Mark. I really appreciate you, you joining us today and talking about uh, crisis uh, management and media, um, you know, whether they can be a friend or a foe and how to, you know, uh, make them a friend and work with them because uh, uh, all too often there are way too many examples where we see executives or spokespeople that just uh, don't cut it, <laughs> shall, we just, shall we say, you know, and you just see other uh, instances where uh, when they don't cut it further down the road, the organization ends up shutting its doors yeah. because there's so much back backlash against it simply because they couldn't communicate properly. They couldn't do the right things. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it, Mark. Thank you. And everyone watching and listening, stay prepared, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week.